Later on this afternoon, the Royal Rumble, it's me, the Macho Dog Dirty Savage, and I will be in the Royal Rumble this afternoon. I will guarantee victory and go on to WrestleMania when the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship, when when the World Heavyweight WWE Championship, whatever title I, I challenge for, I will be victorious. This is your friend, Hacksaw Beverly Hills, and I'm coming for all of those 29 men this afternoon, and they're going to all hit the mat. USA! Oh. Hey, dirty dog, I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. The sleep hold has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, Event Status Radio. They're recording again. Aha. Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do? Welcome, everybody, back to the latest episode of Main Event Status Radio. I'm your man, Mr. Beverly Hills. I got the main, main man, the man who dug 29... Soul holes for 29 cinnamon rolls. He is the Dirty Dog Darcy. What's up, Dirty Dog? How you doing, brother? I'm still standing better than I ever did. Okay. Is that always going to be your thing? What? Is that going to be your thing every week we record? No. (laughs) I'm not going to... If you want me to, I could sit at Elton John's son every week. But yes, it is I... (laughs) The Macho Dog, Dirty Savage, yeah. here, <laughs> Dirty Savage, here in living color, coming to you guys through the earbud scope, <laughs> talking with the real main man, Mr. Beverly Hills. And the reason why I had to sing that song, besides just being like the honky talking man and sing my shake rattle and blues, my snakeskin <laughs> blues, I should say, is because I want to hear to get this plug out of the way, Mr. Beverly Hills. Okay. One of my favorite ep- granted there's only been four so far, but one of my favorite episodes so far of Wrestling with the Dog, hosted over at WhenItWasCool.com, was when a certain uh, certain high roller from the <laughs> Southern Hills of Minnesota came on to talk with me about a last main standing match from 2008 between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Yes, sir. I was there. I was there. I was there. But this isn't a commercial, man. Yes. We're, uh, we got our own stuff to do. That is true, uh, yes. Of course, this is the weekend after the big 2017 uh, Royal Rumble uh, held the 30th uh, WWE Royal Rumble, held from the Alamo Dome down in San Antonio. Did you watch it, my friend? Yes. I hope so. We're talking about it. <laughs> no, I did not watch it, Mr. <laughs> I was I was too busy Getting ready to watch the Stupid Bowl tomorrow night as of us recording. I'm getting ready for the Stupid Bowl 51, L1, Loser 1. I don't know. I'm confused. Yes, of course I watched it. I, I was, went, went with a few coworkers over to another coworker's place, Alex Benson's place, former guest of this podcast. Went with Sexy <laughs> Pat, Flying Brian, the Total Package Pete, and it was 
a fun package. Pete was there. <laughs> not not the package. I mean, oh my gosh! Not, not the package. Pete. We you and I had a picture with the total package. Pete. Oh my gosh! I just about lost my mind thinking the mascot of <laughs> Speedy Delivery was at this Royal Rumble party, and I really thought I missed out. See, see on that if every that day would I. If that was Every day when I drive to work, I have a little uh, speed delivery van in my car, and I, it's got a little picture of Package Pete on it. If that was the case, I would have taken a picture of it and sent it to you, and I know you would have <laughs> laughed. Oh, I would have loved it with all my heart. But it was a fun time, had my all, and I know we've beat this dead horse many times, Mr. Beverly Hills, but the two-hour pre-show, no buys. I only watched maybe five minutes collectively of the pre-show match or the pre-show show because I had it on in the background when I was ordering Domino's pizza to bring over to okay. Alex's place. So Nice. I'm glad you bought Domino's and not Pizza Hut. Yeah. But that, will not, that will not be spoken of again. I... Out of the two big pizza chains, I like Domino's a heck of a lot better because it gives me fun memories of the weekend <laughs> that the true Macho Man died. When oh. you came out to visit, you and I were dancing on my porch, yep. Freebird style, yep. offering up our pizza to the rustling gods above, saying, <laughs> thank you for the life and career of Macho Man, and have Macho Man protect us this weekend. Right. Wasn't that also when the world was supposed to end? It was some like end of days thing. I think so too. Yeah. Right? I think okay. we also do we're like doing that. that to ask it you know, ask the the powers that be to not end it and thank yeah. you for <laughs> thank you, Macho Man, for taking the bullet for the world. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing. So Yeah, you- I, I didn't I didn't watch the, the pre show at all uh either. I d I don't know. I mean for me, a four-hour pay-per-view is good enough. For a three-hour, thirty-eight-minute pay-per-view is good enough. I don't, I don't need anything else. Uh, I mean, I do. I guess they're doing a good, a smart thing by putting some matches on it to encourage people to watch. I mean, if it were uh, just a talking head, I don't think anybody would. Um, but I'll probably try to catch those at some point. Um, but no, I didn't watch it at all. Uh, I also listened to a few podcasts this past week to get other people's opinions of the Rumble to kind of give me a refresh on also the whole, the whole show because it would have been too much for me to like I said to try to rewatch a rewatch a three hour thirty eight minute pay per view after work last night because I'll be even more drained I'll be even more out of my mind than what I am now but I do. I agree with you. Like the, I think I can remember. Like the statistic is something, something like maybe twenty four minutes out of a two hour pre show where there was actually wrestling, and out of the three matches that were on the pre show, there were commercials for the WWE Network while we were watching the WWE Network. So, okay, and like I guess the only thing that I did watch, I did catch about the pre show was when I was over at Alex's place. Was Shawn Michaels came out like five ten minutes before the pay per view actually started and. And to hype up the Royal Rumble and all that, so that that was nice to see my childhood hero, uh, you know, on the pay per view, make an appearance, talk for a few minutes, and say, "San Antonio, you guys were wild and crazy uh, twenty years ago when I won the WWE title for the second time. Go wild and crazy again tonight. Show the WWE network, show the world why you guys 
They're the greatest fans in the world. Cool. So that... But, sorry, Shawn Michaels. San Antonio fans aren't the greatest fans in the world. The listeners of the Main Event Status Radio podcast is the greatest fans in the world. Yeah, right. So, uh, the pay-per-view itself started off with the... um, Women's match, what'd you think about that one? Before we get into that, Mr. Beverly Hills, the true main event has to be has to be I'll get my main event status mail yellow right in my hand right now. The true main event of of this podcast has to be you, Mr. Beverly Hills. Because you're the greatest, you're the man. I appreciate you. Yeah. I like your sun silence. Charlotte <laughs> versus man. Bailey. I felt like it was an okay. It's not really. I felt like uh, the last several pay per view, uh, last several pay per view matches of the women's division, I feel like um, this wasn't the, as good as other women's title matches. Uh, just you know, in my opinion, I yeah, I just didn't feel like this was as good as other Charlotte versus. Uh, Alicia Fox matches, or not Alicia Fox. Uh, the Sasha box. Banks. Yeah, Sasha Banks. Sasha yeah, Banks. I don't, I don't know why I drew, drew a blank, but I was just having <laughs> trouble. Okay. I don't feel like Charlotte versus Bailey is as good as Sasha versus Charlotte uh, pay-per-view matches at least in the last few months. For sure. Sasha and Charlotte have a definite chemistry, and they really fit together well. Uh, I, I'm not sure why Charlotte and Bailey don't mesh as as well as Charlotte and Sasha, or Sasha and Bailey, for that matter, um, they their styles just don't gel as well. That being said, it was a really good match, and um, I especially enjoyed the finish where uh, Bailey got hit with the natural selection on the um, on the ring apron. I thought it looked really good, um, and I really thought that was a very kind of decisive way to end the match. What did you think about the finish or any other points of it? That, thank you for reminding me. I, that was a unique way to end the match. I don't ever remember seeing, obviously, Kevin Owens says, you know, hit the power, his power bomb on the ring apron most of the times on NXT. Not so much on the main roster, but I, I haven't really, that spot hasn't really been done. People, you know, wrestlers hitting their finisher right on the ring apron. Especially right on the apron trot or whatever, how that would be making that much more <laughs> a little bit harder than the normal, you know, edge of the ring being hard. So yeah, that yeah. that looked that you know that was probably one of my favorites. If if any spot that I remember from the match, it was obviously the finish, and I felt like like you said, like you said, I felt that was pretty effective. Yeah, it lo- it looks good. I heard I have heard some comments saying that it kind of is anticlimactic to roll somebody have to roll someone to pin them. And I get that. And you know, you want something that's like hit and then you get your finish and you're done. Uh, but I still think that I still think that it was done well overall. Yeah. What do you, what's, Oh, go ahead. I can see where, you know, I can see that those people's, uh, thought pattern behind that, but honestly it was, Charlotte finisher hit right on that red apron. She can't pin, pin Bailey right there yeah. because it would have been a rope break. Then she would have had to roll her back to the ring anyway. R- right, right. I, yeah, I think I think the meaning there is just that 
you hit it, then you have to take 10, 15 seconds or whatever to roll them in. And and some people feel as if um, that if it doesn't look as super devastating, now you're making the loser look worse that they have to, you know, be dead for this (laughs) 30 seconds while they're getting rolled around, that kind of thing. There could have been a lot worse endings of the match than, than that. In my opinion, right on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What? Where do you think we're headed with the women's division uh, for these next couple months? What's your thoughts on it? I honestly, I really don't know because uh, what I I would like to see maybe another triple threat match at WrestleMania uh, because also Charlotte's been having this awesome singles win streak on on pay per views. Well, since she's been on the main roster, which I know they've been, that note has been putting over heavily in her last several pay-per-view matches. I, well, it would be cool to see, well, if Mick Foley's still the Raw General Manager, Commissioner, whatever his uh, job title is, uh, it would be cool to see Mick Foley maybe try to stack the deck against Charlotte at WrestleMania because she's been so dominant in the women's division since she started to become more vicious like we saw the Royal Rumble with you know the natural selection on the arena apron. Be cool to see the announcers who try to start slowly stacking the deck against her to take the title off for granted that it won't really be a baby face. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you really want a baby face uh, commissioner to be stacking the deck against a heel? Yeah, that would like I said, yeah, like you mentioned that it wouldn't really be a baby face uh move to do such a thing, but since Charlotte started to show, you know, be more devastating in her antics in the matches, it would be kind of cool to, I don't know, maybe play fire with fire? Okay, yeah, no, I, I get I guess I get where you're coming from on that one. Um, just I guess to kind of put her in her place type yeah. of thing. Yeah. I the, the only thing is I think yeah, she's being vicious, she's not really cheating or anything. I If you want to do something where she's using kind of nefarious tactics to keep up uh, her her winning ways, then I could see it, um, you know, kind of like when we see in the second match here. But um, I'm not sure in this case. Do you think we? Do you think we're headed toward a a Bailey championship here, or or where do you, what do you think? I would like to see a Bailey championship, but since she just debuted on the main roster, since Charlotte's been so hot, been been. I guess yeah. Obviously, the women's division has been centered around Charlotte. I don't know if it's quite ready yet to take the title off of Charlotte. I know if you and I have talked many times on the podcast about what is the right time to take the title off of anybody. I don't know if I, in my opinion, I don't. Since Charlotte just rewon the title for the fourth time or whatever from from Sasha recently, I don't feel like it's quite ready yet to. For Charlotte to lose the title because they've been hot shutting the women's title too many times in the last yeah. ten months or whatever. So it would be nice to have Charlotte hold the title for a little while yet. Then if it would be Bailey or whoever else, it would be nice, you know, to help build up Charlotte's pay per view streak. It'd be nice to help build up the women's title again before them dropping the title having Charlotte drop the title to whoever is ready and all that and all that and also to help build up if it is Bailey, if it is whoever else, it'd be nice to see them build up that next women's champion to be ready to once they finally do defeat 
Charlotte, hopefully on pay-per-view, to end, end her title reign and end her pay-per-view streak. Yeah, that I think that really exposes kind of the silliness of this uh, pay-per-view streak thing because uh, she's lost it several times on Raw in between pay-per-views. And I think just it, this this just has gaping logic holes to try to paint a dominant champion when they're uh when they're continuously losing and even when when they're trying to paint this dominant champion and yourself is saying well she needs more wins well if if it's a dominant champion they definitely shouldn't need that so that's where i i come down on this uh, pay-per-view winning streak i think it's kind of foolish yeah i can see that that i oh i can also see wwe's logic on well more people watch monday night raw then if that's the case, then why are you guys putting? Then why work? are they building? Then why are they building up this streak? Yeah, if they that, if they think I don't get that, that yeah, doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense to me either. So I can see them. Oh, we'd rather have Charlotte lose the title on Raw when there's no reviewers. Okay, then why do you guys have title matches on the pay per view? No, then why why do they say that she has this pay per view streak if it if it matters? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't think that's what they're going for. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't. You and I agree on that that part. So. No, I don't agree. Oh, I don't. <laughs> no, oh, I I mean, I you and I agree on that. That doesn't make sense, and and all that. No, yeah, whatever. Okay, my bad. All right, moving moving on. Okay, so our second match on the show, our first world title match here, um, we had Kevin Owens defending his title against Roman Reigns with his man, your man your crush of all crushes, Chris Jericho up in the shark cage above the ring. Uh, the finish came with uh, interference from one Braun Strowman coming down, uh, attacking Roman Reigns. He, uh, yeah, he, he power bombs him, or sorry, he, he chokeslammed him on the announce table, hit a running power slam through the table, Owens retains his title. What was your thoughts on this one? Beverly Hills! Beverly Hills! Sorry, that was a bad imitation of Chris Shark. Oh, the shark cage shaking oh, and all that. Okay, okay. It sounded like he was stampeding or something. Yes, but <laughs> honestly, I felt like this was a better... One, one of the, my, my more favorite Roman Reigns matches on pay-per-view. And I, and I say that because... You know, Mr. Beverly Hills, that when there's a guy like Roman Reigns that Vince McMahon has, for the lack of better words, and hard on for to want him to be the man, wants him to be the next John Cena, Hulk Hogan, or whatever, makes him dominant, makes him the next Superman. And I I don't like that because, to me, you know, kind of like with John Cena for the first few years, uh, you know, he's indestructible, nothing gets to him, he laughs off his losses, whatever, titles come, titles go, lottie freaking da And I didn't, don't really, really don't like that, and I feel like with this pay-per-view, which we'll get to later on, but I feel like last several pay-per-views, they've been showing Roman Reigns to be more human, which I appreciate, and I feel like Roman Reigns has been show, you know, shown to uh, you know, the WWE Network Gites, uh, everybody in the arena knows that he can actually put on a decent match with whoever he's in the ring with. And a wide range of di- different opponents. I remember 
with the last few years. He had a last man standing match with the Big Show, which I really enjoyed. So I, I guess I really liked this match. I really liked Strowman coming in at the end to set up a possible Roman Reigns Braun Strowman match at Fastlane, which breaks my heart that Roman or uh, makes, breaks my heart that Braun Strowman might lose. Since I feel like they've been doing a great job building up Braun Strowman the last few months. But back to the match, I I enjoyed it. It made always no sense that it's a shark cage match where it was jerk on the cage and yet it's a no disqualification match. But I understand. I think of, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I think that makes perfect sense. I, I understand. Because, oh, sorry. No, you pick a pick a point. Okay. You stop flip flopping. It either does or it doesn't. I. To me, it didn't make sense because, well, I'm I'm just confused. It made sense because Chris Jericho has been cheating to, cheating on the behalf of Kevin Owens, so it made sense to throw throw him in the cage and give Roman Reigns a fair battleground against Kevin Owens to give him a fair fighting chance to win the Universal Title. I think it makes perfect sense because you have what. Uh, you have the the good guy general manager in Foley trying to eliminate uh, interference by Jericho by putting him in the cage. Uh, McMahon doesn't like it, so she adds on the part that it's uh, uh, no disqualification, meaning that uh, stacking the odds against the baby face, which should happen, therefore, you know, even though we seemingly leveled the playing field. Now we've made it no disqualification. Now it's fine that there will be interference. The heel wins because of that interference. I think that makes perfect sense. What is your thoughts on the stacked, stacked, uh, the, 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 the mountain of chairs that Kevin Owens set up? I, I thought it was, uh, entertaining. I think it's one of those, it's kind of like his go-to. He sees that, that, Match last year, he had that stack of tables against Zayn. He he likes to stack things. He's a architect among us. It made me laugh <laughs> that you mentioned you know Braun Strowman trying to pit uh, Roman Reigns through the announcer's table. It was hilarious to try to put him through the German announce table, and obviously it was German belt since it didn't break. That <laughs> that made that made me pop. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's a good way to save it. <laughs> German engineering. Yeah, I, I love all the different announcers. That's one of my favorite things. When I want my nephew and I watch, uh, he puts on WrestleMania from last year a lot, and uh, he always watches just one part, and that's when they announce all the announcers. That's hilarious. Because he, he loves to see Funaki especially. Funaki, number one. <laughs> yeah, he loves, saying num- he loves to see him say number one. Um, yeah. The, the one thing, the other thing about this match that we'll ki- kind of get to later is what you said when we're setting up uh, matches. Um, just uh, talking about where I think the Rumble, where its status is nowadays and what it builds to, but we'll get, we'll get to that later, I think. For sure. Okay? Yeah. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Yes. Okay. So as the card progressed here, we have one of our lesser titles, I'd say, outside of the heavyweight division here. At least it's been portrayed. We have the cruiserweight title between 
the outlandish Rich Swan and the king of the cruiserweights. He finally got his crown, Neville. Neville beats Rich Swan with his kind of cross-face uh, submission, and he has his title. What would you think about that one? I really like the submission hole because because it reminded me a lot of Perry Saturn's Rings of Saturn submission. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. I like that. And to be honest, little, the little bit I've watched of the Cruiserweight division on the pay-per-views, Neville has been a big highlight for me because, well, I, I've admitted many a times on the podcast that I not, haven't watched the Cruiserweight tournament and all that, and... So I really don't know that many of the guys. Also, I've seen Davari wrestle here, you know, with the AWF. So I know Davari. Also, I know Brian Kendrick from before. And I, to me, I was just having a tough time trying to connect with the wrestlers because also I haven't spent time to try to get to know the get to know the wrestlers. But I'm happy Neville Neville turned heel is back and won the title because I feel like Neville. Will will hopefully help give the guys more experience in the WWE ring and hopefully help liven up the cruiserweight division because it seems like it's been a little stale in the last few paper uh, raw pay per views. Yeah, I think uh, it, you know he definitely has uh, really proved to be a shot in the arm of the division. I think he's uh, been tremendous since the the heel turn and the and the comeback. I think he's been a real real highlight. Uh, and I think it shows that there are some guys who aren't being used that could really be injected into this division and really be be a highlight, I, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I have been watching 205 Live. I really like it. I think they're doing a good job of, you know, really kind of – developing real stories to fight around, not just kind of these are two guys uh, facing off against each other. Um, and I'm, I'm really kind of excited to see where we go and who I guess Neville has uh, or what he has planned for, for WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like you said, I'm just excited to see what, what is next. I hope Neville doesn't drop the title until WrestleMania at the absolute earliest. I think we're I think we're set for a long title reign with Neville, and I think that's a good idea. I think that uh, this this reign really has a lot of legs. The one place that I don't want them to go, and I'm really afraid that they're going in, is just another really stale king gimmick. It seems as if they have like three templates for European wrestlers. It's like king, dandy. Or that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like they have their dandy in Jack Gallagher, so they're going to make <laughs> Neville the king. Um, and I just, unless if there's going to be some type of wrinkle to it that makes it better or different, I'm kind of worn out with king <laughs> gimmicks at this point. I feel like uh, every European wrestler who's come through uh, inevitably, at some point, is a king. The my my favorite king from Europe has to be probably the greatest king that we've we watched live. We'll get his coronation. That's King Regal. 
Yeah, well, yeah. To, the only sad thing is that wasn't for very long. I think he's one of the few people that really can pull off these very stereotypical uh, British gimmicks. He was tremendous in the uh, the the dandy, the the gentleman role, he, both uh, as a, a, on the face side and on the heel side. I thought he also kind of the, the third is kind of just this like British tough uh, personality that they have. I thought he was great in that role. Uh, Would have been good in the King role, but uh, didn't didn't get too much legs on that one. But, uh, you know, as it were. Yes. Um, Speaking of kings, now, I guess, tied for the king of championships, world championship reigns in our country, at least, after the Royal Rumble on Sunday, is now John Cena winning his 16th title over AJ Styles after four attitude adjust adjustments a very cool finish in my opinion catching aj styles hitting him with one rolling through and hitting another for the pin what was your thoughts on the 16th title victory for john cena you know if you would have told me when we when we started main event status radio about two and a half or so years ago that we'll be covering john cena's 16th world title run or world title reign I probably would have been angry about it. And now <laughs> and now since John Cena's been putting on great wrestling matches with just about anybody and everybody, I am okay with it. Uh, obviously, you know, I've mentioned many times before, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts at work, and when Ric Flair does have, have his podcast going, Ric Flair did mention, and I think one of his last ones that he did a few months ago, that he is okay with John Cena uh, tying him up on six, on winning his 16th. And I feel like if Ric Flair's okay with it, well, you know, who am I to say that it's not okay? But this match, I don't feel like it was as good as like maybe like their SummerSlam match. But this match was definitely probably the best match of the Royal Rumble. And I feel like... You know, with after Cena got, you know, like you said, you know, the, the rolling AA at the end, and Cena kind of, you know, after he won, you know, kind of, you know, on there, sitting, you know, sitting on his knees, kind of taking it in, kind of catching his breath. I feel like that was also showing how exhausted he was to defeat AJ Styles, and to me, it felt like he put over AJ Styles with that kind of thing. You know, it took Cena, like you said, four of his finishers to finally defeat AJ Styles in a singles match and to win his 16th world title. Right, and I really feel going back to one of your first points there is that seen in the last couple years as seemingly he's kind of nearing the twilight of his career. I think we're going to see that within the next few years. I really think in the last two or three or four years, he's really done a lot on building his legacy. And I think that he went from just a person racking up title wins to a person who is building something for in the future, people look back at Cena, not just as a person who won titles, but has 
moments and had great matches with a variety of different opponents and all that. And I think we're to that point. I, re- I really do. What do you feel on that one? Yeah, I agree with you on, on that, that you know, the first few years, not just, you know, when he won, won, won the, you know, his first world title. So 2005, 2007, yep. you know, like I mentioned kind of earlier that, you know, Cena laughed it off whenever he lost lost the WWE title. Oh, titles come, titles go, whatever. It's not going to get to me. And it feels like over the last few years that Cena, Cena's character is finally changing. It seemed like that, mm-hmm. you know, Cena is willing to help pit uh, these awesome matches to help build up new guys and all that and help, you know, I, I feel like, like you said, to help change how he is perceived yeah. Years down the road, once he finally does hit up the boot or hit up his sneaker shoes or whatever shoes he wears. <laughs> good point. Good point. That is what it would be hanging up the pumps or whatever. Yeah, i i think I think he's really worked on that, and I think it's really uh, done done very well. Um. So obviously. That's the winner. Let's talk about the loser a little bit. What's your feeling on Styles losing and Styles' uh, title reign in general? I'm sad that Styles lost because I, you know, obviously, you know, just on the pay per views alone, I very, very, very well enjoyed AJ Styles as the WWE champion and basing the SmackDown brand around him. I felt. Anyways, I don't didn't feel like it was time yet to take the title off of AJ Styles, okay. but I felt you know feel like in the last year that AJ Styles has been in the WWE, he's had a phenomenal year, an awesome year, a great year. I'm excited to see what 2017 holds for AJ Styles, and I hope that also AJ Styles wins the WWE title for the second time this year, sometime down the road, from AJ Styles, from whoever the champion will be. Because I feel like AJ Styles isn't done yet with the WWE title. I feel like he could do a, a lot more, and a lot more for the SmackDown brand and for the WWE title, holding it again, and I guess help help build up the WWE title to what it once was, you know, when for when we we were growing up. Yeah, I I really think to look at what Styles has done in a year is really tremendous just to to think that this has been just one year uh you know going back i really think that he's shown that when people talked 10 years ago saying that this guy has so much potential he's he is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world whatever he's showing that that was correct and i think a, a, a byproduct of that is just showing how terrible TNA is and that they couldn't realize that potential. And especially when you look at now all of the folks in WWE who were in uh, in TNA for extended amounts of time and who are doing tremendously. You have the very former... Uh, WWE champion here. You have the NXT champion, Bobby Roode. You have Samoa Joe, who just made a huge impact in debut on Monday. Um, even the likes of uh, Gallows, who uh, was in TNA just as like a fart knock in, uh, in a big group 
uh, was led by Taz. <laughs> you uh, know, um, yeah, go ahead. I really, I totally forgot the term fart knock, and that bring, <laughs> that brings a smile to my heart and happiness to my heart that you use the word fart knock. I'm, I'm just overjoyed. I'm pulling a William Regal. I'm, I'm tongue tied. Thank you, Mr. Beverly Hills. He, well, he he was a fart knock, and uh, um, you know he he rehabbed himself a lot by going to Japan and really transforming his character. But I think just kind of getting back to the point here, AJ Styles was a guy who seemingly was past his peak. To be honest, he was he was a person who was really kind of languishing in the almost top of the card, kind of semi top of the card at TNA, but really wasn't doing a lot. And he had a, a fairly short rate uh, run in Japan with some awesome matches, uh, came back and has had this tremendous year. And I really think it's shown how, how great he is that he's been able to 20 years into his career, really have kind of a rebirth and, and do so well in this role. Yeah, I, I'm happy you know, like so with AJ Styles, Smojo, Bobby Roode, I'm happy that they're they are finishing up their careers and the WWE showing the WWE universe what they could do, you know, who mm-hmm. they are and also end, end their career in the WWE and have a job, I'm sure as long as they want after their entering career's done and or whatever Whatever you're giving me, I don't know fun. if I go that. I don't know if I go that far. Well, <laughs> not in the ring, like not in the ring, but I, I guess does I'm just happy. That, does everybody who retires with the WWE get a a role backstage? I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, I think you're giving them a lot of credit for apparently hiring everyone who's at, who ends their career with them. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have a backstage role. What about career so with the WWE? I can guarantee you that. But I guess I'm just saying that I'm happy that they're able to wrap up their careers with the WWE and get their name out on a big stage. I think it's, uh, yeah, to springboard out of that, I think it's a, a cool thing that they, you know, who they, they've been working really hard for a very long time and have been having some awesome matches. Now they can do it on the, the biggest stage and, and get a chance to really show it off to the world. I, th- I think that's really cool. That's really cool. All right. So the main event, the main attraction, of course, every year is the Royal Rumble match itself. The winner gets to go on to WrestleMania to fight for the championship. Uh, this year's no exception. After a, a over an hour long Royal Rumble, as usual, our winner our guy going on to the to WrestleMania in Orlando will be the one and only Randy Orton. Okay. Tell me about your thoughts on the rumble. Tell me about Orton winning any spots that stood out to you. The floor is yours. I am happy that Chris Jericho can say that he is the 61 minute man. Woo. Also, as a joke, I think off of Twitter, he claims he's a 61-minute man for the Rumble. I mentioned Jericho because I felt like he pulled a uh, Jerry Lawler for the mid-90s. And he'll do a few things, get punched up by a big show, roll outside the ring, lay around outside for five, ten minutes, come back in, 
do another spot or two, get knocked out, roll inside the ring. I enjoyed the, that heel move since it hasn't been done in a long time. And I also liked um, Braun Strowman. You know, them giving him like the diesel push from '94. That, yep. You know, have him come in. Only, only thing that I wish they would have is give uh, Braun Strowman maybe a few more minutes in the ring instead of having him come in at sure. number seven. Maybe have him come in as number five or something a little bit earlier. Have him be more dominant. I do not feel like Braun Strowman was hurt when took three guys to pretty much eliminate him. You know, towards mm-hmm. the middle of the match. Yep. Uh, I like I said, I feel like they build up Braun Strowman for. Whatever's next for him, if it would be Roman Reigns or whatever else, but I do, you know, I, you know, I do feel like over the last, I don't know, I say four Royal Rumble, last four Royal Rumbles, this probably has to be, be my favorite because of, like you said, Randy Orton winning. I did, ha- did hear rumblings within the last week, you know, week before that, that he might be winning, but I, I didn't know what to believe because I also heard rumblings that you know. Brock Lesnar might win, Goldberg might win, The Undertaker might win. There's a small chance that Chris Jericho might win. You know, I, you know, there's so many names, more names out there this year that might win, and I felt like Randy Orton wasn't really on the h- highest of the list on who might win, and it was un- unexpected. And I want to get your thoughts on it because I think it was uh, live audio wrestling that I listened to earlier this week that mentioned you know, Roman Reigns coming out number 30, being the last one eliminated from Randy Orton, and having uh, having Reigns be the last guy eliminated to help give Orton the anybody-but-Reigns pop at the end. And I really didn't feel like that was the case, at least for me. I didn't seem like that's what I picked up on from the fans when Orton won and was announced as the winner. I wanted to get your thoughts on on the, uh, on the anybody but Reigns pop that supposedly Orton got. Oh, I definitely heard it. I so, so much heard it because there was the huge eruption of booze when Reigns came out at 30. There was the a big boo when he eliminated uh, Goldberg. There was... When it was down to them, those three, Wyatt Orton and uh, Reigns, it was a very, very much here we go again type of thing. And I do think that Orton got a big pop throwing him out. I for sure heard it. Well, I know there was a pop, but I just didn't know if it was because of anybody but Reigns' pop, if that makes any sense. Well, how how would I predict? predict that then fair enough if you if you don't think oh, i don't know i'm uh, not gonna convince you then do you, i don't know i wasn't there are you happy that orton won well i think so this is this is one of those points that i was going to get to earlier during the that i alluded to during when i talked to, about the uh jericho or the owens match is that i feel like the rumble used to have so much importance because the winner of the Royal Rumble would have a very clear match for WrestleMania and a very clear path to that match. Whereas now, with this year especially, the the winner, uh, their path to WrestleMania, we can see where it's going, but it has several steps, right? Like, 
Because if you were to say Randy Orton won, he will face John Cena at the at the at WrestleMania. You would say that makes no sense. That has no story. That doesn't work. You know, we have to go through where we can all predict that Bray Wyatt will win the title at Elimination Chamber. Orton at some point or Wyatt at some point will turn on each other to the point where they are wrestling at WrestleMania for the title. I feel like that this devalues both the Royal Rumble and it kind of devalues WrestleMania when we take what should be the Royal Rumble really kind of a culmination of storylines and then we have a very like straight path to WrestleMania where now it's like just another event on the road and I I don't know I don't really love that and and we saw that with this main event but I think we saw it with some other places too go yeah you can I agree with you I feel like the last few Royal Rumbles haven't really been me- meant as much because kind of like what you're getting. Uh, I, I feel like I saw another point to what you said is you know, Royal Rumble winner, you know, main event WrestleMania opening yeah. match, you know, with Edge and Alberto Del Rio at 27, whatever year it was, or middle of the card, or it's not the absolute last match like it used to be. And I feel like, uh, as for me as a f- fan, old school fan, that I feel like that kind of hurts the Rumble because obviously it was booked as, you know, the winner will get the last match for the top title at WrestleMania. Doesn't happen right. anymore. But that's not my point. My point is is the storyline part of yeah, it. Now where they're placed on the card. At least I thought I mentioned to another point too what you said, but yeah, I do know what you mean that you know after Orton one I heard Rumble is that it's gonna be Orton and Wyatt for the title at WrestleMania. I'm like okay, to me that doesn't really make much sense because Cena just won the WWE title mm-hmm. for the 16th time, and that means he's going to lose the WWE title in two weeks yeah. at the Chamber <laughs> to right. Bray Wyatt, and that will set up you know Wyatt and Wyatt and Orton. But I'm like, okay, then Cena should get a rematch. Yeah, how does that fit in? And what's next for Cena then at WrestleMania? And yep, I'm like, there's just a big trickle down, right? You yeah. start. To- you start at the top, and then you it's you have to put all these dominoes in place. That's exactly what you said. If Orton, he's going to get a title match, the most logical is against Wyatt. So that means, like you said, Cena's got to lose, which devalues his title win, which devalues Styles' title reign. Where are you going to put Styles? Where are you going to put Cena? And we're doing this all in the space of... Nine weeks. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. You, there have been years where you can predict the the WrestleMania main event in September, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not, and you can see the the steps on this story really play out. It's not a bad thing to to have predictability as long as it's played out correctly. And not that I, not that I think they're going for unpredictability. I just think they're almost, they painted themselves into this corner 
and they're like, oh shit, how do we get, <laughs> how do how do we get back to it, and and make this make sense? Yeah. But okay, I wanted to ask you this too: that I'll see the Goldberg and Lesnar have a rematch at WrestleMania. And yeah, that's was, the one. You're right. And it was talks that maybe have Brock Lesnar win the Rumble this year. Also, like Brock or Goldberg's gonna have a match at Fastlane. Maybe had you know Brock win the Rumble. Goldberg wins the Universal Title from Kevin Owens at Fastlane. Have them face each other for the Universal Title at WrestleMania. Would you have rather had that play out at the Royal Rumble over what we did have? Um, you know what? No, I wouldn't have, and I don't really like where they're seemingly going, seemingly, which would be to put the title on Goldberg at Fastlane. Because to me, I feel like Lesnar and Goldberg is that rare special attraction match that can headline without a title. And I – go ahead. I don't feel, feel like they need the title either. I Yes, that that would be my thought. I I think scrapping Owens' title reign just to put it in this match between Goldberg and Lesnar or just to give Goldberg the title, even though technically I, I see it because he is one of the hottest on the show. And when we talked, cheap plug on the wrestling with the dog podcast i mentioned that putting the title on the hottest guy in the show is a good idea and i would advocate that nine times out of ten this would be that one where i don't okay um i i was i thought about that i was going to ask you about that and Mm -hmm. i fully agree with you that you know like we you know like you cheap plugged you know we'll plug more stuff at the end but i do agree with you that most of the time yeah, put, you know, put the hottest, you know, put the title on the hottest angle like they did with Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho back in 2008. But mm-hmm. Goldberg and Lesnar do not need the title, and like I said, I feel like it would hurt Kevin Owens his and his title reign, him dropping it to Goldberg because I really, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if it's a lack of faith in Kevin Owens. I don't know if it's a lack of faith in creative or what, but. I think I think it's a lot of extra faith in uh, in Goldberg and Lesnar. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I really I do not want to see Goldberg with the title. Granted, it'd be cool. It could be like two thousand two when Hogan won the undisputed title for a month. I just don't want to see it because, like you said, I feel like it hurt Kevin Owens, and I don't want to see Brock with the Universal title then gone for the next four or five months and yeah. Oh, okay, I'm back. I'll defend the title at SummerSlam. That okay. Th- that's where that's where I wanted to go with it too. I think uh, a nostalgia run is not bad. I do think that you you almost need to follow the template of 2002 and stick that nostalgia run in a part of the year that normally isn't a hot part of the year. I don't think you do a nostalgia run in WrestleMania season. And I think that what you also led to there, where do you go with, with Lesnar as champion? I I don't think him coming out of WrestleMania as champion is a good thing. I, cause I don't see where, where does he go? Does he have anything set up 
that seems exciting, I I don't see it. And words are like Sluger. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. But, and uh, well, shoot, what was the other thing I wanted to say? Oh, I wanted to say I I feel like also squandering the Owens Owens run with the title. I think he actually has a good WrestleMania storyline set up. I think yeah. we've we've sown the seeds of discontent between him and Jericho. I really think that they have a WrestleMania main event in them. Yeah. And I think downgrading that to maybe for the U.S. title or maybe not wrestling at all uh, is a poor decision to just give it to Lesnar and, and Goldberg, yeah, in my ha- opinion. I'm happy you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you about you know Jericho and Owens since I'm a big Jerichoholic. Yep. I always got to get my, my, my crap in. Got to talk about yeah. Jericho. But, yeah, because I was just thinking about that when you were talking – wouldn't it be cool to have a universal title for United States title match between Owens and Jericho? And I know okay. I'm sure you've been hearing the, hearing the same rumblings too that Jericho's run is about to end. I know he's been starting to uh, start, you know, starting to record new tracks for the Foz, latest Fozzie album. I know you don't give a rap about Fozzie. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Fozzie fanatic. I'm excited for that. I'll see Jericho's off to work on his next few projects outside WWE. I feel like this could be a cool way to maybe write out Jericho at WrestleMania, have him maybe drop the U.S. title to Kevin Owens, maybe them have a two, three pay-per-view run, and yeah. send Jericho off for a while for he can work on his next few projects. And I feel like that would also help give Kevin Owens the rub, and I'm sure Finn Balor will be coming back anytime soon. I hear yeah. he's almost at 100%. I feel like giving Kevin Owens the Jericho rub on Jericho to put on a couple of great matches with them, kind of help giving the universal title meaning that have Finn Balor come in, have him take mm-hmm. on Kevin Owens, because else after... Oh, the first week as champion Kevin Owens has been saying he's the longest reigning Universal Champion. Right. Finn Balor never rightly lost the Universal title. I feel like that would be a great post WrestleMania feud, but that's looking way down the road. But I guess I agree with you on that. I would love to see Jericho and Owens for the Universal title at WrestleMania. Sure. And I I just think that. uh, I just really think that has the heat for a a title match, not to say that Goldberg and Lesnar doesn't. I think it definitely does. I almost think that's too much. I think, I think it overshadows the title and, and you want the title to have, in my opinion, just as much weight as, as the feud itself. You don't need to gild the Lily too much. Do you, are you familiar with that no. one? No, I guess I just oh, smile okay. cause you started to do the, Jim Ross, Bob yep. Connell hand gestures from <laughs> yep. Capital Combat. It just, it just means, uh, here's a better one for you. When you have the the pizza and it's already got the best pepperoni you've ever eaten on it, do you really need to throw the best sausage on it too? No. You know, it's already good enough, yeah. right? That that's now. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. That's yep. That that's where that's what gilding the lily means. Yeah. We don't we don't need to 
throw extra on the Goldberg Lesnar match, it's going to be good enough. Yeah. It's got enough. It's got enough going for it. We don't need to make it a title match. In my in my thoughts. Yeah, I, got, I, I do got a question for you, Mister Beverly Hills. Yeah, throw it out. Jerry Lawler was the third man, the color commentator for the Royal Rumble match. Yes, he was. Yeah, and I very well enjoyed hearing him with Corey Graves and Michael Cole. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on bringing Jerry Lawler back in for just a rubble match or every a special occasion. What is your thoughts on them bring bring back Jerry Lawler and should they bring Jerry Lawler back more often for a special match for whatever? I hate to say it, but it really was obvious that he hasn't been watching television and uh, he he really seemed out of touch more than usual. I thought that uh, you know his his jokes and his old sayings and whatnot really really stood up stood out like a sore thumb more than usual. And I think it was it was pretty obvious that he didn't know where a lot of these guys were sitting storyline wise. He was you know kind of um, you know really kind of talking about them from the la- from whenever the last time he saw them were uh you know he wasn't really like i said talking about their storylines and where they're at now um i'm not in favor of bringing people in if they don't know what what's happening it, it it goes back to one of our favorite moments in mid 90s wrestling i think you you know what it is yeah, yeah. how much how much does this guy weigh Right, like <laughs> if if we're gonna bring in special announcers, that's fantastic. But if it's gonna be somebody who doesn't know what's going on and they turn into Art Donovan from the uh, from the King of the Ring that year, then I don't want to see him. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah know? They, <laughs> you know, yeah, they should do their homework beforehand. Yeah, which yeah. I yeah. Fully, fully agree with. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I he's never been my favorite, but I appreciate. Uh, uh, Jerry Lawler in general, this wasn't his finest performance. Fair enough, yeah. So, I don't, there, my there was a lot, uh, we were talking off air before we started recording about, there was a line that I loved from Jerry Lawler about uh, Mojo Raleigh when he came in, and I don't remember <laughs> the exact line, I'll add in the drop here at the end of the show and all that, but something along the lines of him and Corey Graves were going off about well, Mojo Raleigh being stupid or whatever, or, that, or insulting <laughs> yeah. about his stupidity, and that's an insult to all stupid people and all that. So, but uh, yeah, I just uh, yeah, I, I just that I guess I asked about Jerry Lawler because that one line really really yep. made me laugh, and yeah, and I I guess the ways I well, like he had his points, he had his points where where he shined. I I don't want to discount him too much. He had his points where he. Sounded good. I I thought just in general he drug it down, and I really thought that Graves and Cole were tremendous. Yeah. What? I'll talk about Corey Graves that he did announce this past week that he's he's leaving NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gave the next generation of color commentators or whatnot a chance to move up. Yeah. I really, I'm sure you you're gonna say the same things as me. I love him on Monday Night Raw. He is a highlight. I feel like he is the next Jesse Ventura, the next Bobby <laughs> the Brain Heenan. I really love Corey's insight on you know since he's a former pro wrestler and you know playing the the, the heel. 
I love Corey Graves now on Monday Night Raw, and I love that he was one of the voices for the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, I think he's done a tremendous job. I really uh, like where he's coming from. I think him and him and Cole, and I really, to be honest, I think Cole has really, really turned around his his commentating over the last couple of years. I think the Rumble he was great in. I'm sure you didn't watch it, but him on the UK tournament was outstanding. He was awesome. Probably the best he's ever been as a color commentator. So if you ever want to hear, if you think Cole's been doing a good job, if you want to hear him, I think at his peak, just listen to a couple matches from yeah. from that UK tournament. Um, he's, a, I don't know what's gotten into him. He's, he's doing great. Maybe it's just that he's worked for the company for like 25 years, but yeah. <laughs> he's finally doing a good job. But uh, yeah, I I think uh, Cole, and, Cole and Graves are great. It's too bad that on Raw and on all the pay-per-views, they're also saddled with Byron Saxton, who I think is one of the worst. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you with that. <laughs> but overall, I, I like those two. Yeah, I would bef- agree with you heavily. Be- before we wind this down, Mr. Beverly Hills, Yes, sir. We haven't really touched upon, you know, well, you did t- mention Samoa Joe making yeah. a great, awesome debut on Monday Night Raw, but we really didn't talk about what also happened in that segment. Yeah. With Seth mm-hmm. Rollins going down sure. to injury and possibly being out for WrestleMania for the second year yep. in a row, yep. which is sad because it's all because be Seth Rollins and Triple H this year at WrestleMania. I was really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I want to get your your thoughts on Reigns going down an injury. You know, us not most likely not getting him and Triple H or WrestleMania. And also, I want to get your thoughts on what is next for Samoa Joe and Triple H going into WrestleMania this year. Sure, I thought it was it was actually very ironic and funny because I was reading a couple of uh, short commentaries that said. You know, how awesome is it that in 2017, unlike the last few years, we haven't had a big injury that has thrown WrestleMania plans for a loop. And that, yeah. that literally the day after Royal Rumble, here we have it. Uh, it, it it's too bad. But I think we can look at this in a bright light in a couple of ways. Number one, I think ooh, I think Rollins has been pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I I haven't been on board with him as the as in his character right now. Um it's been it's been kind of rough. And maybe if he is out for an extended amount of time, this could be a chance to really refresh his character, come back probably as a heel and uh and, and do a lot better. Um the the bad thing is that they've really been uh, – this is one of those things, what I talked about earlier, where they have been telegraphing this match for a really long time. And to all of a sudden, two months out, say, oh, maybe not. Where do we go from here? I don't know. I don't know where Joe goes for WrestleMania. I don't know where Triple H goes. Uh, they're really going to have to scramble if they want to do something. I – I heard this, I believe, on the Brandy Video Show on the Wrestling Observer website, and I want to, you know, get your thoughts on it because I, I feel like if done right, it could possibly work. What is your thoughts on 
at WrestleMania this year in Orlando, Florida. Triple H one-on-one against Samoa Joe. For me, too quick. Um, I'm I'm fine with with the storyline of you know someone trying to uh, control a wild animal and then the wild animal turns around and bites them. Uh, I th- I love that storyline. Uh, I do think it's it's a little too soon to do that. Um, I think that in that situation, uh, Triple H probably wins, yeah. and. Then you have you have Samoa Joe who uh, debuted, and two months later he's uh, uh, conceivably being kind of beat down a little bit. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's it'd probably be a really good match. I'm just I'm not super jazzed for it. How about you? I I guess I was just trying to think of what how it could work, and like you know after you said that I do agree with you, it would be way too soon. I did have another idea that. I feel like could possibly work if Cena yeah, does lose. If Cena does lose the title in a week at the Elimination Chamber, I would love maybe to see a Small Joe versus John Cena match, and maybe yeah, John Cena. Maybe John Cena saying, "You know, I've been watching over when I, you know on my night off on SmackDown on Monday nights. I've been watching Raw and Triple H. I feel like you've been abusing your power. Also, look what happened sure. to Seth Rollins. He went down an injury because of your." Yeah. Abuse. Your guy, yep, your uh, beast or whatever, yeah, who beat I'm, him up. Yep. I'm, I want to step up. I want to, you know, fight for Seth Rollins's uh, Seth Rollins' honor. I want to fight for the honor of the locker room. Your Triple H, your abuse of power. I don't like it. I'm stepping up against the plate. I want, I want your beast. I actually like I like that a lot, and a different route to get to that same match. Would be I, I it would kind of be out of left field I know but just bear with me would almost be like Triple H saying my guy took out Seth Rollins now I want to take out the next big fish who's the biggest guy that we can go after John Cena How, you know uh, that might be something fun right to tie it tie it in with what you said maybe have. Smojo pop out in the elimination chamber, Constantine of the mat, oh, yeah. Constantine yep. of the title, and go from there. Ah, I think I think that's a novel approach, and I think it could be cool too. Yeah, Mister Beverly Hills, the WWE should fire their twenty six writers or whatever, and just hire oh, you and I. Oh, that'd be rough. That'd yeah. be- <laughs> yes, it would be rough. I'd last. I would last like three days. <laughs> I might. I, I don't know if I'll last three minutes. So. <laughs> Oh, I can't, you know, I I give it up to people, uh, not as much the nowadays, but like, can you imagine those guys who booked entire promotions by themselves? Can you imagine like trying to set up like 10 different storylines with... You know, 50, maybe more, in case of WCW, like 150-man <laughs> roster, and trying to put them all in places. Oh, my gosh. I just, I can't imagine it. I think it's just crazy to think that there could conceivably be, like, one person or two people who who had everything. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Crazy. Just, crazy. Just hearing different stories of, like, Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson sitting by McMahon's pool Booking in the, like the mid eighties, mid to late eighties, and all that. Like that's just crazy, you know. Just 
two or three guys sitting around a pool in a swimsuit with a notebook and pencil, you know, fucking things. Like, I just want to see you in a swimsuit, my man. Yes. By the pool. Yes. But, yeah, that's, that's just crazy. <coughs> and I just can't, like you, I just don't want to see. That's not a job that I want. I can't even fathom it. It's, uh, yeah, right. But, it, yeah, I can't either. And I drink too much pop the way it is now. I know I'll drink that much more pop if I would have that job. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, so, whoa. Any other thoughts on the Rumble or anything else you want to get in, no, my man? No, just that, like I mentioned earlier, that this was probably one of the, uh, you know, compared to the last three other Rumbles, this probably start to finish, pillar to post, coast to coast, probably one of my favorite Rumbles of the last four or so years. The Rumble match itself wasn't really that spectacular, but I felt like it did a better job than the last few years on putting Brown Strowman over and all that, but... Oh, it's several guys. Yeah, other than that... Corbin, Corbin, Goldberg, lots of guys looked strong. Handsome Rusev. Oh, and uh, maybe Undertaker and Roman Reigns yep, at WrestleMania. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. But other than that, you know, it's you know a lot, like I said, a lot better than the last few Royal Rumbles. And I'm actually getting getting more excited for WrestleMania this year after the Royal Rumble than I had over the last few years. I, I think so. I, I would agree with you. I'm interested to see where we go in the next month with the two uh, February pay-per-views here, or the February-March pay-per-view. That's true. Then, listeners, you guys can follow us or listen to us in a few different ways. Main yes, event, sir. MidEventStatus.com. Again, that's MidEventStatus.com. On SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash Radio. Again, it's SoundCloud.com slash Radio. And Mr. Beverly Hills. Yes. I know I've watched too many chair shots in my times. I know I've taught going too many church shots my time, and that kind of monkeyed up my melon a little bit. What is the, my melon. What is the third way listeners can listen to us in your favorite, your, 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 uh, your my preferred way? Audio? Yes, my preferred way would be to uh, listen on iTunes and uh, just search it out in in the the podcast store there. Uh, rate and review us uh, so that more people can listen. That's always our goal. Um, yeah, iTunes is is the bomb. So and do that. <laughs> follow us on social media: facebook.com slash status radio minus the burp. Facebook.com. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Main Event Status Radio. Interact with us there. We're on the Twitter machine. Mr. Beverly Hills. I keep forgetting. What is your Twitter handle? I'm at Beverly Hills MES. How much you, my man? At Dirty Dog MES. That's dog as in D-A-W-G. At Dirty Dog MES. And like teased at the beginning of the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. As yep. son at the beginning of the show, as scolded by Mr. Beverly Hills to say, hold on for the plugs, plug at the end of the show, my man, <laughs> Wrestling with the Dog, also on iTunes, subscribe, yep. rate, review there, host it over at whenitwascool.com. Again, yeah, make sure to make sure to go to whenitwascool.com. When Good it was, website. Whenitwascool.com, Wrestling with the Dog. On the first episode, I had Carl Stern on talking 
The Big Show defending the ECW title against Ric Flair, which I was there live for. Great match, great podcast. The second episode had former past guests of the episode, Ferran Derry, talking about Bret Hart versus Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9 and Hulk Hogan and all that. What got Ferran Derry into pro wrestling. Episode 3 with Mr. Beverly Hills, one of my favorite episodes. (laughs) All four of my favorite episodes. Talking now, see last man standing match. And just released this weekend yep. would be the, the episode I did with Jason Mann from Retrospective talking Art Ederson versus Ric Flair from WCW Fall Brawl 1995. Fun time had by the both of us. It'll be a fun time had by all once listened. Yes, for sure. Yep. Have a good time and watch all that good shenanigans. And I have a couple more fun things planned for the next few weeks for the Wrestling with the Dog. Tune in. Mr. Beverly Hills, thank you for hosting today. I greatly appreciate it. It was a fun time had by me. Oh, it was a fun time had by me. Always is, my 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 dude. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll catch you guys next time in the main event. Don't monkey up your melon. Time when I said goodbye And now I'm back And not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby Here I am Signed to deliver I'm yours Ooh, yeah When I said goodbye And now I'm back And not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby Here I am Signed to deliver I'm yours Amazing. You should, get, you should get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good. And there's Mojo Raleigh heading to the ring. Smackdown Live's resident blithering idiot. Blithering idiot? That's an insult to idiots. Mojo Raleigh. Oh, 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 shoulder tackle. Oh,